One of my desires as a pastor is that each and every one of us would walk in God's power and plan for your life right now. God doesn't live in time and space. God is eternal. Everything in God's world is now. He doesn't have yesterday. He doesn't have tomorrow. He only has now. He sees everything. He's the beginning and the end. What does that look like in our life? This is the Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, lead pastor of Revolution of Foursquare Church that meets in Harvard Square, Cambridge, Mass. Join us today as we step into the Now Principle with Pastor Chris, where we ask the question, what will you let God do right now? Well, if you were not with us uh, last week, uh, we're continuing in a series called The Now Principle. started it several weeks ago, but I started a sermon last week that I'm continuing today that is, is I mean, it's very apropos, it's very uh, important, very significant. Uh, the title of it is, Now is the Time to Engage. And the idea of The Now Principle, if you haven't been with us, is that God wants to do things in our life now. He doesn't live in the couldas or the wouldas or the shouldas or the has-beens or the will-bees. God always lives in the now. And he challenges us to say that we will allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life and through our life now. And so one of the things we talked about last week is that we are engaged in a battle. How many of you knew that before you showed up here today? That there is a war going on and you are smack dab in the middle of it. And you're going, wait a minute. You know, I know there's a war going on in, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq and Libya and other places, but here, well, we understand it's a spiritual battle. And we talked last week about some of the correlations in military training that actually uh, we need to understand. That every soldier, or every person, every man or woman that enlists in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, Coast Guard, one of the first things they do is they get to go to basic training. They go to boot camp. And the first thing that we are doing, if you're a guy, you know, if you're a woman, this isn't the first thing they do. But if you're a guy, they shave your head. And part of that is to make you look like everybody else. Part of it is to make you feel stupid. Because most of us, when we lose all of our hair, we're not really prepared for that. And you don't want to see what my head looks like without hair. It's not a pretty sight. But then the next thing over the rest of basic training is they break you down. They break your will so that it's not you standing up against your CO, your commanding officer or anyone else that you're, you listen. So whatever they tell you, you do it. And so a few weeks ago, we had talked about that. We talked about the Hebrew word Shema, which is the word to obey is how it's translated in the Bible. But it's actually a process that means what? Hear, listen, and obey. And it's the same thing that God wants us to learn to submit ourselves to Him so that when God says do something, we don't say why or how come or I don't want to do that. We just say, okay, because we know, Lord, you have our best interest in the heart and mind, then we'll do it. And it's the same thing that has to happen because until we get that, then the, the strength of our walk with the Lord, the battle that we're prepared to walk in, will not be really ready. Until a soldier gets that, they're never going to be effective as a soldier. Until they understand when their CO says, go do this, they just go do that. Last week I'd asked, and Corey was in the 
military and I asked him, I said, what happens when you disobey your CO? And he said, you don't. And I think, you know, that's, that's the thing is that in the military, because there are ramifications or consequences. Now, the same is true in our walk with the Lord. We just don't often realize it. Disobedience always has consequences. Now, it's not the same as getting, you know, thrown in the brig or having to do KP for the next, you know, 30 days. They're not things that you, you know, God doesn't come down and just smack you down and say, okay, you're going to be sick for the next week. God doesn't do that. But there are always consequences to disobedience as there are blessings in obedience. So we started talking about that, and I'm going to read just briefly a couple of sections of Scripture that talk about this battle that we're in. I'm going to read just a few verses out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, where Paul writes, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. How many of you know that the day of evil is upon us? I mean, there may have been other times in history that were as evil, but I don't know if they were ever more evil. I mean, you don't have to look far. You don't have to walk far. Turn on the news. I mean, you'll see the most horrific things going on every day all around us. It's not like they're happening in some other part of the world. They're happening right here in our own backyard. Evil is rampant. But the great news says that whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, that God raises up a new standard. Guess who that standard is? His church. We're the standard. Yeah, you're the dam that he's building up to push back the forces of evil, the forces of the enemy, but we've got to be engaged in the battle. No one ever won a battle being disengaged. Never happened. You don't, you don't just kind of like, oh, wow, how did that happen? No, no, when there's a fight, I mean, have you ever heard of somebody go, you know, I think I was in a fight yesterday. I'm not sure how I got this black eye, but I mean, I think I was. No, no, they know. Even if they were flat out drunk, they actually know something happened, right? Understand spiritually, you don't accidentally win battles. You have to be engaged. You have to enter into the battle knowing that there is a battle going on. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, we're not going in and we're not knocking walls down. We're not beating doors down. We're not taking people captive. It says that we are, through the power of God, through Christ, demolishing strongholds that that hold themselves in opposition to what God wants to do in your life and around our community. It says that we're taking captive thoughts. I mean, now these are aggressive actions, but they're spiritual. We're not going to go and handcuff anybody or chain them to a chair. We're going to take the battle where the battle really means something in the spirit. So we got to realize we're in a battle. Because 
we can put our head in the sand like the ostrich and act like there's nothing going on, but it doesn't change the reality. The easiest people for an enemy to take out are those that don't acknowledge they exist. One of the greatest things that Satan has done in this past century is he has convinced people he does not exist. I mean, what a great deal. I mean, if you're the enemy and you convince everybody there is no such thing as an enemy, you have already won. You have a free battleground. You, can, you don't even have... There, most people are going to go... In fact, when people say that, people go, you're crazy. What are you talking about? The devil. Oh, what? All this evil just kind of cruising around, just happening. See... We have to understand there is a battle, and if we don't engage in it, we will get beat like a kid. We will just get beat like, you know, somebody that's got no sense. One of the things that happens also in basic training is they begin to teach you to think like a soldier. Because our natural tendency is not to think that way. I don't know. When I was raised, yeah, I wanted to play, you know, cowboys and Indians, and I want to play cops and robbers. I want to play all those things. But I didn't naturally, like, think like a soldier. I wasn't looking at everything with some jaundiced eye, like, who's trying to take me out? And see, that the beginning of Ephesians 6, it says that we would be able to know the devil's schemes, He has schemes, he has tricks, he has strategies trying to take us out that our eyes would be open that we could see. You know, there are some people, in fact, uh, a guy that used to be uh, in our church back in California, he he used to be an ultimate fighter, and then uh, he, he ended up becoming a cop. And he was, he was a Marine before he was all that. And, and so he just, I just got an email from him the other day, and he's thinking, his name's Buck. Is that not like a great name for, you know, a, a cop? You know, he, he now works for the Border Patrol in Texas, and he's thinking seriously about going back into the Marine Corps. Because one of the reasons is, is that he's been trained for certain activities. And so he says, I feel in some ways that I'm wasting the very training I've been given. That I see things in a way that other people don't see things. I I walk through life different than other people. And he said, I I know there's a purpose in that. And so he's trying to figure that out. See, when we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see that there's a battle and to realize that we're not only engaged in it, but God has equipped us and prepared us to engage and win the battle, we begin to see things differently. So that when people come after us, we realize, oh, wait, wait, they're not the battle. I mean, how many times do we make it about the person? Somebody does something, they say something, they betray us, they hurt us, and so we're mad at the person. That's, what, that's one of the devil's schemes. To realize, no, what's going on behind that? Who's the puppet master that's pulling the strings? And when we say, no, no, my job is to fight in the spiritual realm. Because when I fight there, it changes things in the natural realm. In Isaiah 42, verse 13, I shared this verse last week. It's a verse that, I don't know, probably messes with some of us. It says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. That's God. 
Now we understand God is loving and God is caring, but sometimes he is a mighty warrior that says no farther, no longer, not on my watch. Now, any soldier or warrior is not always trying to kill everything. I mean, if they are, that, that's not a very wise soldier. No, in fact, what are some of the greatest things that soldiers do? They go to bring peace. They go to free people who are in captivity so they can live a life of freedom. But it also means that they have to walk in times of war. No soldier would ever go into a battle dressed in their civvies. I mean, they would not show up. They, you know, I mean, if they're getting ready, uh, you know, they're going to get on the, the plane and they're going off to uh, active battle. Can you imagine what would happen if they just showed up in their regular clothes? It would not be pretty. Because they show up dressed for battle with everything that they need. And that's what Paul is telling us, is that we're in a battle. So put on the whole armor of God. Be ready. Be engaged. Be prepared. So when the enemy comes after, we're not surprised. I mean, who does the enemy go after? He goes after those who are helpless, and he goes after those who are prepared. The difference is, one is watching and ready. The other one is taken out with even knowing, without even knowing how. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. We're to always be ready. It's not like, well... Tuesday, I think, is going to be battle day. So I'll, I'll get ready on Tuesday. You know, I'll get dressed and I'll be ready to go. No, it's in, every day you've got to be ready. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Last week I gave the illustration, and I, which I want to just iterate again, because I think it so applies. Now, I realize many of you last week you didn't, and probably this week you will have still not seen the movie Top Gun. But many of us have seen the movie Top Gun, and we know it's about Tom Cruise, and he's, his name is Maverick. He's a, uh, one of the top jet uh, fighter pilots in uh, the, in the uh, Navy. And, and he, you know, some things happen, and he ends up losing his partner. Uh, his, his partner dies when they eject out of a jet. And later on, he's been given a new partner, and they're in a, an active battle with Russian MiGs. And he locks in on one, and they're telling him he's got to engage. But he begins to just freak out, and he doesn't know what to do. And they're constantly they're saying, Maverick, engage, Maverick, engage, Maverick, engage. And he completely disengages and just takes off. But then there was something that, that happens in him where he realizes this is who he is. This is what he's supposed to be doing. This is what his life is about. And he turns back around, and he engages him in the battle. And I believe wholeheartedly that God speaks to us and says, engage, engage. And many of us just want to disengage. We're like, wait, 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 this isn't me. This isn't my MO. This isn't who I am. I'm so thankful that the Bible is full of people who are weak like me. 
who often say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, and God says still, like he did to Gideon, O man of mighty valor. He speaks to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Those are the things that we have to hear is that that's what God speaks to us. Because we look at ourselves and we don't see a warrior. We don't see a soldier. We don't see someone who can stand up against the enemy. But as Paul says, through our weakness, he's made strong. But we have to be willing to engage. We have to be willing to say, okay, God, you're going to be the one that gives me the strength. You're the one that's going to give me the ability to stand. And we closed last week, and this is where I'm going to carry on. It's the first point of the message is to engage the enemy, it's through prayer and fasting. We are preparing for battle. We are engaging in the battle. And most of you know, if, if you don't, starting tomorrow, we're stepping into 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is the place where strength in the Lord happens. In the natural, it can happen in lots of different ways. But this is the first place where we get strong in our spirit. We're encouraging you and even challenging you that over these 21 days, that you would pick a time every day to pray. It could be 30 minutes, it could be an hour. For some of you, it's more than that, great. But pick a specific time. Our, our hope and desire is to have people praying 24 hours a day for 21 days straight. That somebody would be praying, standing in the gap, interceding for the things that God wants to do in your life, in my life, in the life of our church. We're opening up the church office Monday through Thursday. It's open from 9 to 2. Anybody can come in to the Gray Street Lounge and pray. At noon, there are going to be people there praying together. Starting this Wednesday, we're going to gather on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Whoever can and wants you to come and we're going to pray. Understand that this, this is not just important, it's necessary. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 at the bottom of that chapter I read earlier, verse 18, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is where our strength comes from. Why is it so hard to pray? I mean, I asked last week, how many of you find that prayer comes easy? And there was one person that raised their hand. Most of us, prayer does not come easy. We have to discipline ourselves to pray. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Every time I actually go to pray, everything I've forgotten to do in the last 10 years pops into my mind. I mean, every to-do list that you, you, you know, I don't even write them down and they pop into my head. I mean, every distraction, your phone will ring, something will happen. And you go, wow, isn't that just kind of a crazy coincidence? I don't think so. 
See, the enemy understands there is power in prayer. Why? Because we partner with God to see things broken in the supernatural. I mean, that's amazing. You know, one of the things that amazes me is that God allows us as human beings to partner with him to create life. Is that not like the most amazing thing? I mean, that's, that's, that's like ridiculous. I mean, all of us in here have taken biology, and we understand the biological idea, but, but how does it happen? How does God take this sperm and this egg, and he creates this amazing life? And he asks us to partner with him to see things destroyed and demolished in the spiritual realm, that freedom may reign, that people will be set free. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 4. I'm going to read uh, what happened here with Jesus and one of the ways that we understand that fasting and prayer are so powerful. Matthew chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, you can take one off the floor there. Turn with me to Matthew 4. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. This is right after Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist. It says that God, the Spirit comes down like a dove and God the Father speaks and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus immediately goes out into the wilderness. This is verse 1 of chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Wouldn't you be hungry? The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It's written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. I can't even imagine what it would be like. About a year and a half ago, God called us, my wife and I, to go on a a fast, and then the, the church to go on a fast. Was it two years ago? And, 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 and we did, uh, he called us to do a 40-day fast where we didn't, we didn't eat food. And I had, never, I had never fasted more than, I think, maybe two or three days. So I was like, God, this is crazy. Are you nuts or what? I lost about 25 pounds, and as you can tell, that's not something I really need to do. So I cannot imagine. Jesus went 40 days without food or water. They say it's humanly impossible to do that. Obviously, Jesus did that. But, I mean, you could imagine how physically weak you would be. And that's when the enemy shows up. See, here's what you've got to understand. The enemy doesn't show up when you're feeling good, when you're feeling strong, when, man, you've just been, man, you've been in the Word, you've been praying, you're feeling, you're just revved up. He hits us where we're weak. And what happens? I can't help but think of uh, Karate Kid. You know, when he's, uh, he's got him doing all, Mr. Miyagi has him doing all this stuff. He has him, you know, waxing. He has him painting. You know, he has him doing all this stuff. And, 
And finally, Ralph Macchio is fed up with it. He goes, I'm tired of being your servant and just doing whatever jobs you want me to do. He goes, I thought I was going to learn some karate, you know. And, and so then all of a sudden, Mr. Miyagi, you know, you know, he goes through the deal, you know, and what happens? He's like, boom, 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 boom. And I, I see that picture, like, here comes Satan, you know. He's like, he thinks, oh, oh, man, Jesus is weak now. He's been out here for 40 days and 40 nights. He, he doesn't have anything left in the tank. And so Satan just like, you know, he comes in for the kill. And Jesus is like, bam! It is written. And Satan's just thinking, that was just a lucky shot. So he comes in again, man, for the killer move. And Jesus is just like, bam! It is written. And Satan's not real smart, so he tries one more time. He's heard that lie the third time's a charm, right? He comes in again, and this time, man, Jesus gives him full throws, man. It's just like, wham, you know, throws him up against the wall and says, it is written. You've been listening to The Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, the radio ministry of Revolution Church, where we are committed to being grounded in his word and empowered by his spirit. We invite you to visit us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. We meet at Leslie University's Brattle Campus in the Washburn Lounge, located at 10 Phillips Place, Cambridge, Mass. If you would like prayer or more information, call 617-441-0777 or visit hearlistenobey.com. This is a listener-supported program, and if you would like to partner with us, we invite you to go to hearlistenobey.com as we stand for God's Word and God's Spirit in Harvard Square. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Revolution Church. Thank you for listening to The Now Principle. We would like to personally invite you to join us for Easter service at 1030 a.m. We meet at 10 Phillips Place in the Washburn Lounge on Leslie University's Brattle Campus. Go to hearlistenobey.com for more information. We hope to see you soon.